0: Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio, WGWG.org. I am Noel T. Manning II, uh, talking with a survivor from the Miracle on the Hudson. It's really a perfect timing to be uh, talking to somebody about this as the uh, film uh, with uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Oscar-winning Tom Hanks, uh, opens up September 9th uh, across the nation. Um, ben, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here with us today. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, this is Ben Bostic. Ben is actually a uh, Gardner-Webb alum as well, and so uh, last week heard about this connection, said, well, I've got to try to track down Ben and see if he's uh, available and open to talk about uh, about his experience. Uh, he is one of the uh, survivors uh, of the uh, miracle on the Hudson. And and, uh, and Ben, uh, man, thanks so much again for, for being uh, a part of this today. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, Ben Bostic, you were front and center and eyewitness to history on January 15, 2009, when U.S. Airways Flight 1549 hit a flock of geese and crash-landed in the Hudson River. I know it's been a crazy, crazy ride these past eight years, but wow, I would really love for you to travel back to that day, share a snapshot of your thoughts, and remember what it was like on that day. I can imagine for you it was probably a pretty typical normal day until the unexpected visit of those geese.
1: Yeah, um, I was working for a dot-com here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was scheduled to travel up to New York City for one day of technology due diligence. We were looking at acquiring a smaller startup uh, to augment our product, and only supposed to be there 24 hours, so... I got in the office when I flew in about lunchtime on Wednesday, and then with my two co- co-workers, uh, we left uh, for LaGuardia right around lunchtime on Thursday because this was originally supposed to be like a 2.45 p.m. takeoff, and um, it was starting to snow pretty bad, and the forecast wasn't looking good. So we wanted to give us give ourselves a lot of time to get get there. So, you know, just like any other day, uh, other than you know the weather at that time in New York though I mean that 's pretty normal so right right we 're just heading to the airport and after a few delays and a gate change, we finally boarded and I pulled out a book I started reading on the way up. So I was probably about halfway through it and somewhere around roughly around two and a half three minutes into the flight, there was this this loud boom jarring jarring motion in the plane and i looked around first i think at the other passengers and you could see a sense of concern um think you know pretty much everybody on the flight knew it wasn't something normal right and then i turned to the left and i was sitting in seat 20a which is six rows up from the back on uh, that a320 and i N- immediately noticed the left engine was on fire. Wow. So that's when I, that's when I really knew something really bad. You know, we were you know I didn't really understand what right. was going on at the time. I didn't know it was birds or whatever. Right. We could quickly smell. Um, you know, sad, smell came into fuselage, so we could, you know knew something was burning, and then I could see the flames.
0: Right. Man, that that must have been just. Um, probably beyond words on, on what you were going through at that moment. You know, you, to hear it and then all of a sudden look out and, and, and those those fears or realize, yeah, there's something going on. Yeah, that was the most
1: terrifying part of the ordeal, um, at least over the next a little over, about, about the next two minutes um, because there, from the time the birds hit, we had like 208 seconds left. Wow. And for the next 120 seconds or so, um, you know, obviously the captain and first officer were up there diligently, quickly, laser focused, you know, going through their protocols, checklists, trying to figure out, work with their traffic control, you know, what they were going to do. Um, you know, I had no clue what they were doing, but right. all I knew, the only feedback that I got was after we hit the birds... There was immediately sharp turn to the left that didn't seem normal to me. I was like, you know, he's he's he obviously tried to go back to LaGuardia. Was my my thinking? You know, holding out hope that's going to be the case, and because it was a, I mean, we banked really hard. I mean, I'm staring almost straight down at the Hudson. Wow. He had such a sharp left turn. Wow. And this goes on, and you know, in that situation, you know, th- these are matters of seconds, and he has only seconds to do these things. But fortunately you know it's especially being so laser focused I'm sure it, the mind slows down, I know at least mine did yeah, um yeah, it felt like you know it felt like the whole thing after the birds hit felt like ten minutes wow went by or more, so wow. uh your mind's like process. everything just kind of slows down and and your mind has an ability to you know process things easier quicker more efficiently um but yeah, that was that was those two minutes were. The most terrifying, just because the outcome was, you know, you know, I didn't, I had no idea what the outcome was going to be, but I was hoping for that little bit of silver lining that I pulled out. You know, who's still flying the plane that we we're going to go back.
0: Yeah, this was a uh, U.S. Air flight 1549, um, January 15th, 2009, was the was a time period here um, when. After you realized, okay, we're, we're, we're going down, did you realize, uh, how soon did you realize, okay, we're going to do a crash landing? Or did you think, well, maybe we're going to find, we're going to go back and land? What were your thoughts before you heard, you know, heard Sully come on the uh, intercom?
1: My thoughts, uh, the main thing was, you know, I, I was looking around. Yeah, you, know, you know, you kind of want to say, "Hey, the engine's on fire, or whatever." And <laughs> right, right, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, You know, you want to tell somebody, but it, the flight—I saw the flight attendant in the back. I remember seeing her like grab a fire extinguisher. There was no fire inside the cabin. It was, uh, but you could smell it. You know, she was yes. she was being prepared, right? So, um, so I knew that the crew knew, and then I assumed, you know, obviously with the left-hand turn that the pilot knew. So. I didn't go screaming out, hey, the left hand's engine's on fire because there are people sitting on the other side of the plane that might not want to know that. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So just trying to not cause any undue terror. No right. more than, you know, inside of me, I was, I was just, you know, horrified at what possibly could happen. And then at about 90 seconds before we struck the water, that's when Sully came over and, and gave me the, um, I guess, the commands that I didn't want to hear, which right. was, this is your captain brace for impact. Yeah, wow. And he said it very calmly. He chose yeah. his words wisely. Wow. Um, But at that moment, that little bit of hope that I was holding out, you know, it just kind of like, I felt, had this, it's just like a total deflation right. feeling. Yeah. Like, um, my heart just fell out of my chest, yeah. the way I described it. Man, But wow. you know, what was really surprising to me, what I probably would have never suspected is it only took a couple of seconds and I just had this feeling of calmness just wash all over me. Like, okay, if this is, you know, I asked myself at first, like, you know, is this really, yeah, is this really supposed to be the last two seconds of my life? Cause when you say brace for impact, you know, I know we're going to hit something at that point. I wasn't sure if it was buildings, a bridge. Uh, we had just narrowly missed the George Washington bridge. And I thought, I, you know, I, I could only see out the left side and, you know, we were kind of in line with the river, but I still didn't know, you know, we're still kind of high up. So I just got really calm and thought about, you know, uh, lamented the fact that there may be some things out there I haven't done yet. Um, you know, did I hug a loved one the last time I saw them or, right. you know, did I, did I, did they know, you know, that I love them yeah. and things like that. Um, which is natural, yeah. But then, then I got calm, and I said, "I said, look, if this is it, you know, I have no control over it." Um, wow. And yeah. you know, the only thing I had control over was to follow their orders. And so I assumed the brace position, and I was, I was ready, I was prepared to die, and I was pretty sure that I was going to die.
0: Yeah. What What do you think it was that allowed you to have that calmness? I mean, what was it inside you that said, you know? If this is it, this is it, and I, I can't control it. As you said, it was out of your control. There,
1: there's a couple things. I think one is something that we definitely all have, and that's the power of the human mind, and uh, just fascinating to me, especially now after experiencing this and it ha- its ability to, you know, take care of itself, take care of your body, take care of you in right. a situation like that. It really. It really uh, was something that really stood out to me. It still does. I know now that if I'm ever in a situation like that, um, you know, that my mind's going to take care of me. Right. Um, and the other part is, you know, I did feel good about, you know, my, my life didn't flash before my eyes or anything like that. But I thought about, you know, my relationships and things. And I did feel good about, you know, where they were at. Yeah, there were some things I could have done. Probably I was more more regretful of things I hadn't done than what I had done. So I felt good about you know how I'd lived my life up to that point, how I'd treated people, you know my relationships, things like that. The really important things are what you're thinking about, not not uh, obviously not oh this project is it gonna right. is it gonna ever be finished or yeah, anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So so that that that's the two things I think that really help.
0: Well, when when you when you actually did crash. Um, and you realize okay it's not a building we're, we're we're actually crashing into the hudson river talk about that stream of thoughts uh that went through and and i know it was pretty fast once that happened as well
1: mhm yeah it was and and again it's a, it's a, it's like okay um the first thing i did when we came to a stop it was very violent especially in the back where the metal and everything was getting crumpled up underneath us when we hit about 150 Hundred fifty miles an hour when you hit, you know, the Hudson River like that, it's hitting like, it might as well be concrete. Wow. Wow. So the water started coming in really quickly. Yeah. But the first thing I did was I looked, I remember flipping my hands back and over and wiggling my fingers, looking at my feet, just uh, in sheer shock that I was in one piece because yeah. I was actually thinking, you know, those last few seconds, I was thinking, just just make it go fast. Just make right. it get yeah. it over with fast so I don't have to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. you know, whatever. So, um, I went, I look down and notice that I'm in mean, one piece and I look around and I see everybody else looks very similar. Um, I mean, there were a few impact injuries, uh, certainly nothing like threatening, but then, um, then, then I heard everybody's seatbelts coming unbuckled and, and I knew it was time to move. And by that time, the water had already come in, I mean, really cold water, um, had already come into, come up to my knees. Wow. So, um, and there's six rows behind me, so it's even higher. As you, as you got farther back the plane, could, because of the way it was tilted in the water with the back a little deeper. Yes, yes. Um, they, were in, they, they were in deeper water, and that's when we, you know, started our evacuation.
0: Now, um, was water, I mean, did you, were you scared about, about the drowning aspect of what was going on at this point? Now That's the, an
1: interesting question because I'm not really a swimmer, but okay. it never really crossed my mind. Okay. Um, and and I mean, it might have crossed my mind, but your 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 brain is like so focused on you know doing the right thing, what needs to be done for yeah. survival and everything, but you know anything that isn't helpful for that, it filters it out. Like right. so, you're not. In, I mean, at least I was in worrying mode about drowning other than, you know, I just need to, we just need to evacuate the plane. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you were, you were like, yeah, you said, so late. there's other, you know, the uh, other, so I didn't think about it personally too much, but I, I just followed the orders of the flight attendants. Um, you know, it was every, everybody around me that seemed to be, you know, same situation as me. And there was, you know, maybe a few people that needed help, whether it be physical or emotional, there's like four or five, six other passengers around them helping them wow um so so i was just focusing on as orderly as possible especially moving out of the back of the plane because that's where you know it, before some passengers got out they had cold water up to their necks so wow. we had to move forward any way possible yeah, yeah. um yeah so uh, that we we I mean, a couple of passengers she said climb over the seats whatever it takes because we couldn't use the back exit so i followed a lady up the left side of the seats and ended yeah. up Going out the front right side into the into a raft, and that's that's the moment I felt like, okay, we're going to get out of this. Yeah. And you know, obviously, I didn't know every single passenger right. was okay. There were some in worse shape than me, but luckily, fortunately, obviously, we all know now that you know everybody made it out.
0: Yeah, that's that's really incredibly fascinating. I mean, you have you have this plane that strikes a flock of geese, and then uh, you know, not long after that, it, it crashes into the cold waters of the Hudson and. Over 150 passengers and crew end up surviving with with no fatalities. I mean, that's just it's really astounding when you when you put all of those things together that the injuries were not any more severe than than like you said uh, than just those impact injuries. Um, I know that the next you know the next I guess the next week was a whirlwind. At at what point did you start feeling? Uh, a normalcy back to your life again after that or have you ever felt a normalcy since that time
1: yeah it's it's another good question it's uh definitely a new normal for me um i mean i think we all suffered some form of ptsd i know even you know captain sullenberger did and you know have survivor's guilt even though we all made it out alive we question you know did did, should we done done something differently or anything like that and you know, I quickly saw it as a positive because we, you know, we did survive a plane crash and we didn't have one person perish. That would have been a lot different, you know, outcome, I think, and we would have suffered a lot more. That's um, survivor's guilt, for Absolutely. sure. But then, you know, PTSD is kind of, it's, it's, I mean, in this situation for me, it was, it was kind of difficult to say, you know, when I got past it. I know the first, it was gradual process, so... I could have been experiencing some of it, you know, four or six months later and not realized it, but I didn't sleep very well the first three nights. I probably didn't eat anything. I lost probably 10 to 15 pounds in the two weeks following. Um, but that's just, you know, your mind trying to pick up all these pieces. And when something like that happens, um, and you know, put them back together again. Your whole it kind of disrupts your whole worldview and, and your right. belief system. What you know, up to that point in your life, and then you go through something that's life changing. And everybody will tell you, there's always going to be a, there's always going to be a before, and there's going to be an after.
0: Right. Wow. Well, we're on the phone with Ben Bostic, a Gardner-Webb University alum, uh, also um, uh, talking to him today about uh, surviving uh, the uh, the plane crash um, from uh, 2009. Uh, the Miracle on the Hudson Flight, 1549 U.S. Airways. Uh, you were in seat 20A. Um, you've uh, really had a chance to connect with uh, a lot of the survivors throughout the years. I know that there have been uh, reunions, I think, that you've been able to be a part of. And Talk about some of those relationships that have developed as a result of this for people that you didn't even uh, know going into this, uh, into this flight.
1: Yeah, those those that was one of outside of giving a second chance, I always say that's the second biggest um, thing that came out of it for me was to have this whole new great family. Um, Because you know when you were talking earlier about how miraculous it is that everything went right, you know there was 155 people on board the plane that came together as a team and get and you know to obviously the crew did a great job landing the plane once it was down. You know, we work together to get get out of the plane,
0: yeah,
1: and then the rescuers are part of it too um, so you know just having that bond, instant bond when you go through something like that with somebody and and uh you meet them for the first time, it's like it's like a relative you just haven't met, you know, right. we do really do think of ourselves as a family, and you know over time um you know we got different circles um uh but they're all still a family, and you get in a room with these people. And, and you just cannot, you know, can't, can't really explain it, but you can't miss the love in the right. room. Like when you walk in a room, you can't help but smile and yeah. feel the love that's in the room when you see these people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When
1: we get together for like anniversaries and stuff.
0: Wow. You know, you've talked about kind of that second chance. Um, what do you feel has changed in your life and how you approach life since, uh, since this um, plane crash?
1: Oh, it's, it's been a while now, so a lot, but, uh, I, w- I would say, you know, it's taught me to be, be, uh, true to myself, uh, you know, not try to make everybody happy, All um, right. you know, but, uh, you know, live a, live a more inspiring life, right. um, being, um, being even more positive and optimistic than I was.
0: Wow. Especially
1: yeah. when it comes to overcoming any challenges. Because uh, when I was reflecting on it, you know, for the next six, 12 months, looking back on my life, I had to overcome multiple challenges. And this one wasn't any different. You know, when I say this is a challenge, it's like, you know, just getting past that point, putting your life back together, as far as, like, trying to get to that normal you were talking about.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Um, so just... uh you know, understanding that that I am resilient and I am positive, and more mindful about my interactions with others, uh, even if it's like, you know, somebody you meet for five minutes. Yeah. What, yeah. You know, are you going to leave them with a feeling they're going to remember and take with them for the rest of their life? You know, just trying to make a bigger impact on other people's lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it really does sound like you. It's it's focused on embracing the now embracing the moment, embracing the day that's, that's right there in front of you.
1: Definitely. And, uh, you know, not having any regrets. Something went bad wrong yesterday. I look at that as a learning experience. Yeah. So taking that forward, you know, you know, leave it behind. Um, today's a new day. I yeah. wake up every day now. And first, one of the first things I do is like look out the window and smile up at the sun, you know, just to see it again for another day. Wow. And, um, you know, just you know, like you said, living life in the moment and uh, enjoying things because because that was the one thing that I that crossed my mind is I was regretting the things that I hadn't done. Right. So now I try to you know do those things, push through any um, any uh, like things that my my left brain telling me yeah you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, just, I don't I'm, I listen to it less, and you know, just go with what I want to do and yeah. follow my heart, and yeah. you know, hopefully, when it happens again, eventually, I'll be, I'll be at peace with it again.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh, movie opens uh, this weekend, September 9th. It's called Sully. It's directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, starring uh, as uh, as Captain Sullenberger, Tom Hanks. Tell me what you were feeling when you heard that they were going to be doing a movie on Sully's life. And uh, having the miracle on the Hudson being a key component of the narrative. Yeah, I was pretty
1: excited about it because, mainly because it was based on, um, you know, Sully's biography. So obviously, you know, this is the story arc, you know, the event, but the way, you know, everybody'd seen that and many, many times played out the sensationalism on TV. Right. And they still do it pretty much every year around right. the time, you know, they'll pull it back up. But there's lots more to the story that, you know, regular journalists don't really, you know, dig into or talk about a lot. You know, there's a lot of inspirational stories. There's so many, you'll see them every now and then it took around six months for them to come back around and really start wanting to figure out, you know, where we're at now and what's going on and things like that. So there's, you know, been numerous babies born that wouldn't have, right um, right. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know the count now That's yeah. over eight years, but, uh, so, uh, just inspirational things like that but this this one's being told on sully's biography so it'll give more background on him and obviously the almost a year and a half before they fully exonerated and then celebrated you know the what he and jeff were able to pull off in the cockpit that day uh you know i think it's going to focus a lot on that but i'm i'm Really excited for
0: looking forward to seeing it. Well, it sounds like you're going to be able to have a reunion of sorts as well when you got to get guys to get the chance to see this together. Um, with yeah, those. we've got
1: a pretty packed house, I think, at the, at least at the one here in Charlotte.
0: Yeah, wow, that's great. Well, uh, well, Ben, uh, let's talk a little bit about your uh, Gardner Web experience. How did you find Gardner Web and uh, and, and talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh, it was um, yeah, I was very grateful for the uh goal program actually because i was you know former life i was uh working in fire ems and rescue you know public service and looking for a place and that you know they can have some pretty crazy schedules so i was looking for a place that offered me the opportunity to finish up my i'd, I'd just finished a two-year degree and looking for a place to finish up my bachelor's and and that was the best option for me at the time, the most flexible program, the timing was right. Um, so uh, that, that and, and, and I started in the summer, like immediately after I graduated with my associates, I went straight into, because I, I was ready to finish it up. Right. And uh, change careers. So <laughs> I always knew I wanted to go into technology. Yeah. Um, just took a, took a little different path than normal.
0: But but the flexibility is what really uh, really helped you out. Flexibility and the convenience of the program.
1: Yeah yeah, it was two years of um, you know long days, but yeah. it was certainly one of the most invest uh, the best investments I ever made in, in my lifetime.
0: Well, talk about your current uh, current job and how uh, maybe uh, Gardner Webb uh, did some things to maybe help you get uh, get moving in that direction.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm kind of a free agent right now. I was working for a startup here in Charlotte. I've spent a lot of time, my background's really diverse actually in, in different types of companies, a lot of enterprise technology, uh, whether it be, you know, really large corporate fortune 50 company or, um, smaller organizations. But then, then I've been on the startup side as well. So I've seen a lot of different, I've been in different industries, um, so this, the last, the last place I was at, I joined, um, with the goal of like, we're going to just grow this startup enough to sell it in three or four years. And we were able to do it in two. Wow. So that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. so right now I'm looking at a couple of different things. There's some enterprise out there, but there's also, uh, some opportunities for me with some startups that have really good traction and growth. So I'm, I'm excited about the next chapter.
0: Well, good deal. Well, uh, Really appreciate you taking the time to, to spend with us today, and uh, Ben Bostic, our guest right here on Cinema Scene, uh, talking uh, about um, surviving um, and talking about life. Um, he was a passenger, uh, seat 20A, is that correct? Yes, sir. 20A, and uh, it was U.S. air flight 1549, uh, known as Miracle on the Hudson. Uh, the movie is Sully. Uh, that will be in theaters uh, September 9th. Uh, Any other thoughts or comments uh, you want to make sure you share, Ben, uh, before we uh, wrap things up? Uh...
1: Yeah, I mean, um, one of the most memorable experiences for me at Gardner-Webb was uh, getting to take Tony Eastman's global understanding class.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, That was... He's 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 one of the most amazing uh, instructors, professors, teachers I've ever been around. He's just a natural, and he you know he make he makes you passionate about a subject that I didn't think I was going to be passionate about, and that was, and it was I was fortunate to have him as my very first class wow. in a summer, you know, shortened summer schedule where I had to sit there two nights a week for four hours per night, and I did nothing but dictate my hand never stopped moving yeah. on his paper, right? yeah, for his four hour lectures. So. Um, what it did for me, though, my goal going in was to have a perfect 4.0 right there. And what it did for me is it instilled great study habits because, I mean, his class was difficult, and I'd heard it was, and he required a 95. And my mission was to, you know, get that A because he said that, you know, he thinks an A is, like, super special. Yeah. But his through his, you know, the way he taught and, and me adopting those study habits... And I was able to achieve that, and that helped me through everything else downhill after that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I had
1: a couple other difficult classes, right? But I, everything I learned from him about, you know, being diligent and taking notes and studying and going over them on the weekends, preparing for that next exam, yeah, um, really, really helped me throughout my two years there.
0: Do you think those those same kind of habits and that diligence has helped you um, beyond Gardner Webb as well?
1: Yes. Yes, definitely the focus and everything that I had to have, you know it's you know in his classes and uh um, I know he recently retired, and that's a great loss for Gardner Webb. Yeah. but I yeah, uh, wish that more other I wish other students, especially current students, would have a chance to you know sit down with him for a few hours and just listen to the, that man's passion about. You know everything going on in the world.
0: Yeah, well, well, I will say that although he's officially retired, he still does uh, adjunct uh, teaching. So he's still uh, he's still getting a chance to to impart that knowledge on others. And so I'm really glad to hear that. I'll I'll, I'll share that with Dr. Reisman, uh next time I see him. Uh, ben, really appreciate Good. your time. Really, really do. And um, I'm looking forward to kind of connecting you with you uh, after the film as well, just to to get some of your thoughts on it. And uh, and man, uh, don't be a stranger to Gardner Webb. We'd love to love to have you back at some point, just to spend some time talking to us.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Just let me know when you you, know, you have my contact info. So uh, definitely reach
0: out and let me know when. Ben Bostic, our guest here on Cinema Scene, a survivor from the U.S. Air Flight fifteen forty nine, known as the Miracle on the Hudson. The film Sully uh, opens uh, this weekend, September ninth, in theaters across the U.S. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. For Cinema Scene on Garden Web University Radio, wgwg.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.